48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. The headlines. Mainland COVID cases hit another record high. An HKU paediatrics expert says doctors are reporting more cases of an inflammatory syndrome in children who've recovered from COVID and Cardinal Joseph Sen and five others are found guilty of failing to register as a society, a now defunct fund for protesters. The mainland has reported a new daily high for local coronavirus cases as the tally for Thursday rose to 32,695. Here in reports. The new local cases included 3,041 symptomatic ones and 29,654 asymptomatic infections, which authorities count as a separate figure. The total local caseload is up from 31,444 cases a day earlier. There were no deaths compared with one fatality the previous day. Authorities have meanwhile ordered six million people into lockdown in a city where protests broke out at an iPhone factory over COVID isolation policies and working conditions. Hundreds of workers took to the streets around the vast iPhone factory in Zhengzhou on Wednesday confronting hazmat-clad personnel wielding batons. In the wake of the unrest, Zhengzhou authorities have ordered mass testing and an effective lockdown for several districts in the central mainland city. And experts in paediatrics says doctors are reporting more cases of an inflammatory syndrome in children who have recovered from COVID. Symptoms associated with the syndrome include persistent fever, rashes, eye inflammation and a swollen tongue. Speaking on an RTHK programme, Mike Kwan, an honorary clinical associate professor from the University of Hong Kong, said many of these children required treatment in intensive care. Dr Kwan said up to six cases had been reported this week. He urged parents to get their children vaccinated. Colonel Joseph Sen and five others have been found guilty of failing to register as a society in now defunct fund for protesters. The 612 Humanitarian Relief Fund raised money to pay the legal and medical fees for protesters between 2019 and last year. West Kowloon Principal Magistrate A.D. Yim ruled that the defendants had failed to register the fund in a timely manner in accordance with the society's ordinance. Other defendants are former lawmakers Margaret Ung and Sid Ho, singer Denise Ho, scholar Hoi Po Kung and former fund secretary Si Ching Wee. The Hong Kong Taxi and Public Light Bus Association has now submitted an application to the Transport Department asking for a $6 increase to $33 at flagfall for urban taxis. Association's head Chow Kwok Kung said the proposal was supported by close to 20 taxi groups. He urged the government to approve their application as soon as possible. It took five years for our last fare increase to be approved. As we've only raised fares by 11% in five years, it's seriously lagging behind inflation. Fuel prices have been rising, people's salaries are increasing. Therefore, to retain drivers, their income should increase too, or there will be fewer and fewer taxes in the city. If the situation worsens, it might be difficult for citizens to find a taxi one day. The last fur increase was in July. Present the flag for charge for red urban taxis is $27. Cathay Pacific is in talks with manufacturers about future orders for medium-haul aircraft. Natalie Cheng reports. At an analyst briefing, Chief Customer and Commercial Officer Ronald Lam said Cathay's focus would be on acquiring more medium-haul jets for operation in the Asia-Pacific region. But he did not mention the numbers or the types being considered. Mr. Lam also said there was a need for dedicated freighters. 
citing existing orders for Airbus SE A350 and Boeing 777X planes, he said the airline already had enough long-haul aircraft for its growth plan. Earlier this month, Cathay said it expected to reach 70% of pre-pandemic passenger capacity by the end of 2023. That's up from just 33% by the end of this year, and it trained pilots and reactivated aircraft. A deadly fire has ripped through an apartment block in the Xinjiang capital of Urumqi, killing 10 people and injuring 9. The blaze broke out in the high-rise building last night, and it took firefighters about three hours to put it out. Authorities believe an electric socket extension sparked the fire. South Korean President Yoon Suk-yeol is warning that the government might step in to break up a nationwide trucker strike. Yesterday, thousands of unionized truckers began their second major strike in less than six months. It's already showing signs of disrupting the world's 10th largest economy. Jacqueline Guico reports. In a Facebook message, President Yoon said the public would not tolerate the logistics system being taken hostage. He said if the strike continued, the government might issue what is known as a work start order. By using the order, the government can force transport workers back to their jobs. Non-compliance means up to three years in jail or a fine of up to 30 million won, about 22,000 U.S. dollars. But if the government goes down this route, it would be a first. The head of the Cargo Truckers Solidarity Union, Lee Bongju, has accused the government of stalling negotiations. Ukrainian officials say half of the country's electricity needs are now being met following repairs to critical infrastructure damaged by Russian missiles this week. All regions have seen at least some restoration of power. Vladislav Kalusha, a neurosurgeon at Kharkiv Regional Hospital, told the BBC that the situation was making it challenging to provide care to patients. It's not only a problem with electricity, but also with water, communication. It's also, for example, newborn child who needs ICU. They also need electricity for ventilators, for different anesthesia machines. Also, there are a lot of problems with different imaging, uh, for example, CT, MRI. They need a lot of power. Ukraine's Deputy Prime Minister Irina Vereshchuk has acknowledged how difficult the situation is for her country, but she urged Ukrainians to hold on through the winter. Terrorist Russia has started energy war against us. Its aim is to create a massive humanitarian crisis. Our people have to hold on for 120 days because those are the winter days, the winter months, and that's what Russia is aiming for. It wants to inflict the maximum pain on our people as they're going through winter. An American writer who alleges that Donald Trump sexually assaulted her in the mid-1990s has filed a lawsuit under under new legislation that protects rape victims many years after attacks may have occurred. E. Jean Carroll accused the former U.S. president of lying by denying that he raped her 27 years ago in the dressing room of a New York department store. Mr. Trump has denied raping or knowing Ms. Carroll at the time. Elon Musk says suspended Twitter accounts will be allowed back on the platform as long as they haven't broken the law or engaged in egregious spam. Billionaire said what he called an amnesty would begin next week. Critics have raised concerns about a potential increase in hate speech. Donald Trump was allowed back on Twitter last week after his suspension for his part in the Capitol riots. 
BBC has found that some desperate Afghans are selling their daughters and sedating hungry children as millions face a winter of famine. In the western province of Herat, several families have given up their young daughters to early marriage to buy food. Some parents are giving their children tranquilizers to stop them crying. Mary Ellen McGrawty is from World Food Programme. There is absolutely nothing more heartbreaking to go around Afghanistan and meet fathers and mothers who bring to you a frail child that they're unable to give food to. It is absolutely devastating. And for 20 million people that are unable to get a decent meal a day, and behind every single one of those numbers, there is a, there is a human being, and many of them are children, and many of them are women. The lower house of the Russian parliament has unanimously extended a law banning material deemed LGBT propaganda aimed at children to prevent its dissemination to the entire population. The bill increases the fines applicable to transgressors. The Speaker of the Duma, Vashislav Vorodin, said the legislation will protect the country from what he called the darkness spread by the West. But Ksenia Mikhailova, who is a lawyer with the LGBT group coming out, said members of the LGBT community were scared. Nobody knows how it will uh, be applied, and uh, this is why um, at uh, this moment uh, we have no idea of how to protect ourselves and other people. In any casual situations, when they are speaking loud about uh, sexuality, uh, they can be afraid of a uh, report to police that they uh, commit administrative office. Sport and football's top-ranked team, Brazil, have closed out the first-round games at the World Cup and they did so in style against Serbia to leave them top of their group. With news of that game and Switzerland's victory over Cameroon in the same group, here's the BBC's Richard Newman. Fans at the World Cup had to wait until the fifth day of the tournament to see Brazil, but they were rewarded with one of the goals of the tournament so far in a 2-0 win over Serbia. Richarlison scored twice after the break, the second of which was an acrobatic effort on the volley. It put Brazil, one of the favourites for the title, top of Group G. Well, Switzerland's Briel Mbulo scored the only goal against Cameroon, the country of his birth, in a hard-fought opener. Mbolo refused to celebrate when he found the net early in the second half. Portugal began their campaign with a 3-2 win over Ghana in Group H. Cristiano Ronaldo opened the scoring from the penalty spot to become the first man to score at five World Cups. BBC's Alex Capsticks reports from Doha. Just like his first goal at a World Cup back in 2006, Cristiano Ronaldo converted a penalty. He smashed the ball into the back of the net to give Portugal the lead against Ghana. He becomes the first male player to score at five World Cups and his international tally now stands at a remarkable 118. The locals in the crowd at Doha Stadium 974 cheered Ronaldo's every move and were disappointed when an early attempt was disallowed for a slight push. But the 37-year-old made amends with the penalty at the end of a week in which he parted company with Manchester United following an incendiary interview in which he criticised the club and its manager, Eric Ten Hag. Portugal beat Ghana 3-2, but were forced to survive a late fight-back by the West Africans who were almost gifted a last-minute equaliser from a mistake by the Portuguese goalkeeper. The earlier game in Group H saw South Korea and Uruguay play to a goalless draw. The second round of group matches gets underway in Qatar today, with Wales playing Iran in Group B in the early game. Iran need to avoid defeat if they are to stand any chance of progressing after their 6-2 jumping by England in their opening game. Their opponents started with a one-all draw against the USA. 
The Wales and Fulham midfielder Harry Wilson feels this match is one they should win, especially given their support in Qatar. I've got people in my family, grandparents, uncles who've yeah, been, been around a lot longer than me and followed Wales a lot longer than what I have. And yeah, they've never been able to go to a World Cup and support them. Uh, they didn't even go to a Euros until was it six, seven years ago. So they've been lucky and I'm lucky to be part of the group that's uh, finally got our country to a World Cup finals. And yeah, you've seen the support that we had against the USA. England are up against the United States in the late game at 3am. The host nation are in action against Senegal in Group A at 9 tonight, with the Netherlands facing Ecuador at midnight. The day after Saudi Arabia celebrated their famous win over Argentina, the country's sports minister says his government would definitely support private sector Saudi bids to buy Manchester United Liverpool. The owners of both English Premier League clubs are exploring potential sales. Prince Abdullah Aziz bin Turki Al Faisal says his country's investment in sports has brought higher participation amongst the youth. He's been responding to the to accusations of sports washing, the act of using sports to improve the reputation and project a positive image of the country. We were criticised in Saudi uh, before hosting such events that we don't host these events, and now that we're hosting these events, now we're criticised for hosting them. Um, we look at the facts. The numbers don't lie. Um, when you look at the numbers of participation in boxing, which you just mentioned, from six gyms in 2018 to 57 gyms in, uh, today, when you look at the participation increase to 300%, 60% are women that are participating in the gym, which was a shock for us that you know, you know boxing isn't a big sport in the kingdom. Um, and, and I think that was the biggest event that we had at the time. Uh, but when you see the appetite and the interest from the youth, men and women coming in and participating and wanting to participate because they saw that event, they learned from it and they know that they can compete and they became passionate about it. They started following a lot of these, these events. So in the end of the day, if it's making the country better, if it's fixing a lot of the social issues that we have in terms of uh, participation, in terms of uh, uh, increasing the participation of women in sports and so on, then that's a benefit for us, and, and that's what we look. For, that's what we look at, um, and I think you know we will always be criticised, but we have to look at what is the best for our country and our people, uh, and and what is actually developing our youth towards the future. Now the weather mainly cloudy with one or two rain patches, moderate east and northeasterly winds, fresh offshore at first. The outlook: a few rain patches in the next couple of days. Temperatures currently 23 degrees, humidity 90 percent. To end the news, the top stories once again. Mainland COVID cases hit another record high. HKU paediatrics expert says doctors are reporting more cases of an inflammatory syndrome in children who have recovered from COVID. And Cardinal Joseph Sen and five others are found guilty of failing to register as a society. Now a defunct fund for protester. That's the news from RTHK. Don't worry, still here. Machine stopped play. Anyway, whilst I get it going again, I want to tell you that in a very short time from now, we're going to be catching up with Danny Hicks because it's going to be sports and all. That's going to be in about 10 minutes from now. We'll be on Facebook Live, so join us if you possibly can. And uh, a little bit later on, we're going to be going back to the tunes. Don't forget, after, after two o'clock this afternoon it is steve james who is going to be here through until five o'clock this afternoon i have had a massive breakdown everything's gone funny so what i'm going to do is just play some music here for you 
and hopefully uh, get things going. But uh, as it happens, nothing is working. Anyway, what I want to do whilst I have a little fiddle around here is invite you to uh, go back on our Facebook page, check out what James Marsh was up to a little bit later on, and our guests over the past uh, you know, few, few days. The Brew is the page, and uh, you can see what's been going on. So, a little bit later on as well, it is going to be... Uh, Simon Wilson going to be with you after... F Look, I am fiddling around here trying to get everything working because it absolutely is not. But let's play some music for you and see what, see what happens now. was an interesting couple of minutes hoo-ha complete meltdown but never mind apparently we're back what i was going to tell you earlier on was don't forget the common room and simon wilson afterwards right here on radio three for a friday you're listening to simply red right now we're back on track danny hicks with me in about five minutes Thank you. 